This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ali Tikkanen. I really like the idea you mentioned that the marketing is embedded in the idea of the app. I think it's a really nice idea. And many researchers want to do behavior change or that's the goal of public health many times to do behavior change, to be less sedentary, more physically active. Do you want to brainstorm some ideas? How could you do behavior change with your crazy ideas, engaging ideas. <laughs> of course, the well, sh- I... shaking alarm clock is already an intervention. You need to shake oh. and that's activity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's what works for us. Of course, before I share the secrets, <laughs> behavior change is one of the hardest things that we could do as app developers, right? One thing is to provide entertainment. One thing is to provide things that just give you dopamine and make you feel great or entertain you or makes you pass the time. These sort of things are, we're not exactly trying to change behavior, but trying to change sedentary behavior is one of the hardest things possible. It didn't used to always be this way. We can talk about this. Sedentary behavior is an ill of our modern comfortable lifestyles. However, now that we're here, and people are more sedentary than ever, and this trend is only growing, trying to curve that needs and requires a few things. One of the things that is essential for us and we've discovered is notifications. Notifications are so important and our customers appreciate them so much that they've asked for more notifications, not less. Our app can even can send, depending on your settings, can send 18 notifications in a day to a customer and they appreciate that. Why? Why do they like that? We've done the research. We've asked them directly. Why do you want 18 to 20 notifications in a day? What's going on? And they tell us sedentary behavior is so seductive and sedentary inertia is so ingrained in my current behavior that I need my phone to scream at me to move. I need it. That's what they've told us. It is, I would say addictive is the right word, but it's there, there, there is such a heavy weight on people's current behavior that they need heavy intervention. They need heavy interruption. We had two kinds of notifications. First, we started with user customizable notifications. So they would set up their own. They would be like, I want a, a reminder to stand up and move at 9 a.m., I want another one at 11 a.m., I want another one at 3 and a 6. These only worked to an extent because as most people are terrible predictors of their own life. They might think that at 3 p.m. they want to stand up and move, but then 3 p.m. arrives and they're in another completely completely different mindset. They They might be doing something else and they just ignore the notification. So then we tried something else and this has been an immense success. And I really want your researchers to take this into account. Of course, this was heavy technology to build, which is technology that adapts. 
So now our customers only select between three settings, either low, normal, or intense. And what this does is that it tries to notify people at different intervals. And if they don't respond, say we try at 9 a.m. And if they don't respond at 9 a.m., it'll try at 10 a.m. And if they do respond at 10 a.m., we the system makes note that 10 a.m. Mm. at in a Monday is a good time. And they'll continue to learn in this way and learn from people's behaviors until it can send up to, like I mentioned, 20 notifications. And those notifications will tend to land on times where the person previously has responded positively to these notifications. The yeah. second element on behavioral change is that it has to be like a little snack. Behavior change, we've tried to demand a lot from our customers. A 10 minute exercise session, for example, we send them a notification, the notification lands at the right time, but then what is waiting for them is a 10 minute exercise routine. That is a giant investment for them. So they make a cost benefit decision. They really think about it. They brainstorm it. Should I do this now? Can I do this? Can I have four, 10 minutes now? So what we did is we started experimenting with 30 second movements. We call mm -hmm. these singles or we call them snacks. We would ping you and we would have a quick, just like a neck turn movement for 30 seconds, do this for 30 seconds. And those were a wild success. So having it, it, the other thing is to make them so seductive and so almost like we want to make our customers feel like they are terrible people <laughs> if they ignore, if they don't do this because it's so easy and so seductive and so tailored to them. That is, it is, they would have to have an antagonism with the app in order to ignore these movement exercises, these little routines. First, they're super short, 30 seconds, but as, of course, if you want one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minute, it's right there. You can, of course, choose the other ones, but it's right there, but you can go, but you can just go with the 30 second. That's perfectly fine. And we reward you for that. Of course, we'll talk about rewards in a little bit for behavioral change, of course, but so they can select that. And the other thing is our app grew to about, we have 2,260 movements as we speak right now, and we're launching new movements every week. This is important for us because we are able to tailor the movement to the person. For example, we know the person doesn't like to do standing exercise. We have a ton of those, get people kicking, get people moving, get people raising their knees, doing little squats, whatever. We love that. And we believe that's the best thing for some people. That's not an option. They might be in a public space for other people. It's simply not an option because any, they might have physical challenges, right? So we know that they prefer sitting. So we'll give them sitting movements. And then these movements are for all fitness levels. So when they see something, there is no choice. Like we have to, I have to do this. It's so simple. Just get me to move my hands, maybe raise my elbows a little bit, move my neck move my torso, I'm sitting and it's only 30 seconds. How can I say no to something that will improve my health? It will improve my energy. And that's where the reward comes. They do it. And one of the benefits of the kind of things that we do in physical research and physical activity is that we very well know that physical activity has a reward in and of itself. 
improved oxygenation, improved energy, improved mood. The list is enormous. And so they'll do a 30 second and they feel pretty good, but then they'll try a one minute. Usually our customers, we see this behavior. They'll try to, they'll start challenging themselves. So I did a 30 second last time. I'll do a one minute. I can squeeze in a minute. I have a minute right now. My coffee is in the microwave. I can do a minute. Let's do it. So they'll try a minute. And when they do a minute, the benefits they've told us, I feel renovated. I feel ready for more. I feel ready to work. I feel ready to play. I feel so it has an intrinsic reward. But then finally, of course, the app itself also needs to reward, right? So you finish the desired behavior and now there's a reward either in terms of points, either in terms of just like a fun screen with confetti or something or some animation. Yeah, you did it. Or keeping score of your behavior, that sort of thing is rewarding as well. And so they close the app and they know that they're going to get another notification, a great time, a later stage with movements that they enjoy. And so that's how we start this cycle of behavior change. And so then we, we do the final piece of the puzzle when it comes to behavior change, and it is customer interviews. We will see the people. This is one of the fun parts. And I guess this is why some of our listeners in the research area arena, they want to make an app because of the data, right? We can filter the people that are really engaging with the app and we will send them an email and I'll ask them, can I interview, can I talk to you hmm. for 15 minutes? I just want to learn what, what's going on. Why do you like this app so much? And I will ask them like, why do you, why don't you use another app? Why are you using Wakeout so much? Because we have customers that use it, not even, not even exaggerating 20 or 30 exercises in a day. That's the kind of behavior change we want to see. And so we'll talk to them. Why do you like this app so much? And that's where they give us this feedback. And then we go back to the app and just tweak and tweak until we know the app can deliver consistently mm. in this behavior change. Of course, we still have a lot of work to do. Only I will admit our most passionate users are in about, we have about a thousand super passionate users, about 1,160 mm. super passionate users. Out of 30,000 monthly active users, a small set is this, but we want to scale that. We would love to have a million of these extremely passionate users that have experiencing this behavior change. Hmm. So that's where it gets, that's where it gets tricky and it takes a lot of work because behavior change, like I said, is incredibly difficult. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behavior change in sedentary behavior and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards, and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. Yeah, I think that's very interesting how you said about the notifications, that you can have a lot of them, and I can easily understand that. And also the snacks that 30 seconds, it could be even shorter probably that it's, it's even less. And 
yeah, it supports the research also that any anything is better than nothing. And you mentioned thousand super active users and thirty thousand users. How hard has it been to get people to use it? How have you used paid advertising? How do you get people to use it? You were selected as the app of the year. You probably got quite a bit of visibility. Yes. yes. But thirty thousand it's a nice amount, but still a lot of space. How do you feel about yeah. the users? Yeah. I'm extremely happy where we're at. Challenge is reaching a subset of users that adore the app. And we're there now. So now we're ready to scale. What happened, and I'll be honest, really an open book with you. We have about 3.5 million downloads. And look at the difference between monthly active users and then extremely passionate users. So that's how difficult the problem of behavior change is. When we were selected as the app of the year, we weren't ready. We didn't have all these elements that help solidify behavior change. We didn't have smart notifications. We didn't have this user customizable snacks where you could select a very short amount or a big amount. We didn't have, we also have another feature called healthy moments, which are, like you said, very short, very brief. And we still have challenges when it comes to introducing a new customer into this behavioral change. Starting out is one of the most friction, one of the most friction infused moments that we have with any. So we've had a lot of people interested in the idea. They download the app, they even subscribe for a month. They might subscribe for three months. They might stay there, but then they're like, I can't get it to stick. That's what the biggest reason people cancel their subscription is they'll tell us, I just can't get the behavior to stick. And we're improving on that. So it's a very promising place to be at where we're at is very promising to have a thousand super passionate users to have the visibility is fantastic. We've got great downloads. So how do we get, how do we get got there? How do we get there? We did not use paid advertising. We have never used paid advertising at scale. It's just something again, if your behavior change funnel isn't there in the sense that a new customer comes in, they adopt the app, changes their behavior, and that behavior sticks, then you should not use paid advertising. Mm -hmm. Of course, in the research field, we know that they'll use, for example, Google ads to attract a few people to respond to a survey or to sign up for a quick website so they can gather data for their research. I would challenge how valuable that is and think about what kind of people just hand out their data like that or fill out random surveys on the internet. That's a conversation in and of itself. At this point, we'll talk about that in a bit because we run a ton of research in Wakeout mm-hmm. all the time. And we'll talk about that and it's been extremely valuable. First, it all comes down to how the idea is presented to the public. Like I said, our secret sauce is make the app controversial itself. So how do we start with Wakeout? With Wakeout, it's always been, it's got movements that people would never expect. So for example, you can be active in the kitchen and we have a woman holding two saucepans with pans, doing exercise with pans, doing exercises with paper towels, doing exercises with rollers, those rollers to make pizza. And so that caught people's attention. 
we have some exercises. We have a woman in her living room with a stack of cushions, five, six cushions doing squats with the cushions or with the cushions, balancing the cushions in her head. This is, of course, just little strategies to get people to stand up. But we don't even sell it. We don't even sell it like exercise. We just sell it as fun activities. And so that caught people's attention. Just really interesting, funny, weird. I never knew you could move like this. We have, we, we launched a pack. We call them groups of exercises for dances, different dancing. And so we have one called dad moves, which are like dancing fathers do because we don't know how to dance and we look embarrassing for our kids. And so we launched this called dad moves and that really caught people's attention. It called Apple's attention, movements with the chair, exercises with water bottles, exercises with a pillow in your pajamas. Because everybody's used to like exercise apps. You have these six pack, super fit people in the app and they're doing super difficult exercises, 200 pounds on their backs. This is great, but it's not for everybody. I would even argue that's a minority of the people. Now in the era that we live in, the majority of the people are sedentary. And so we thought our approach has to really satisfy or be attractive to people that barely move or people that do move, but they're sedentary most of the day and they want a little movement. And so we just built an enormous variety and very interesting people. Instead of gym clothes, they have jeans and a dress shirt. Instead of yoga pants, they have pajamas. And so that's an enormous difference of how, when you look at Wake Out, you're like, this is a different app. And that is one of the essential things of getting people to download the app is pure, raw curiosity. And that's where we could, that's our, that's my magic sauce. And so that's how I got people to download. Now you might say, okay, but Pedro, you launched the app. How did you get your first downloads? Here's the interesting part. So you remember Wake and Shake, right? I mentioned Wake and Shake. Yeah. Wake and Shake already had users because it was extremely controversial. When I launched the app, it was very controversial. Shaking the iPhone, everybody was worried that you were going to break the iPhone. That was part of the interesting, that was part of the fun, breaking your $500 phone. Yeah. So I, the way I got users for that app was I started sending emails to media, to the media journalists. I find their emails. They're easy to find. Just got to Google them. You got to find them on their website, but you got to find them on their LinkedIn. You find an email and you start writing to every single journalist you can find. That's where my public relations skills come in. So I started writing to all kinds of journalists about Wake and Shake. Eventually, some will write about Wake and Shake. They'll publish it on, in our case, it happened on Formashable, TechCrunch, iMore, just big publications when it comes to apps themselves. They wrote about Wake and Shake, got 10,000 customers in the first week that we launched it because I was doing all this public relations. From that, in the app Wake and Shake, we had this email newsletter which we called the Power Mornings Newsletter. No longer exists because it became that newsletter. Power Mornings became Wakeout, the app. And that's how we tested the idea. As a matter of fact, when we were like, okay, what's next? What, we, what should we do? We got this newsletter. It has 5,000 readers. Every time we send it out, it has 5,000 readers. Not that much, but we started testing out these silly movements. So the Power Mornings newsletter had this little feature, which we called just fun ways to move pretty much. And it had ideas on ways to be active. 
in the newsletter. And our readers told us they, that was their favorite part. So we're like, let's just turn this into an app. It's already people like this. And so we launched Wakeout when we first launched Wakeout and had a few movements that you could do in your pajamas in bed to get up, but you could do movements in the kitchen, in the living room. We sent them an email and we're like, do you remember that little thing you, we had in our newsletter that you really liked? Guess what? It's now an app. And so they were really excited. And so that's how we got our first downloads. And through that, we also got, because the app was so different and so interesting, and it started getting really positive reviews in the app store, Apple noticed. Apple noticed, and it started featuring the app. And those features really bring a lot of traffic. So this day and age, we're, we have hundreds of downloads every day, and we don't do anything. We don't do paid. Of course, these are not high-quality traffic sources. They are very wide and very varied. So that's why... Of course, your landing page and the way you sell your app has to be very tailored and very precise. That's why now we call Wake Out, Wake Out is called Destroy Sedentary Life. That, that's how it's like. So if you see the app, you need to know immediately this app is for me or this app is not for me. That, that is one of the most important things. And that's how we took essentially years, if you, can, if you want to see it that way, to have a consistent funnel that brings in more customers. Every time, for example, we launch new exercise packs. For example, we just launched one last week for hip pain. So movements to ease hip pain. We release it. We email it to Apple. Apple might or might not feature it. We have a newsletter now. That newsletter grew to 158,000 subscribers. And so we send that to them. Hey, new pack. Here's new exercises. We also post those exercises on YouTube. We'll post those exercises everywhere we can, but we don't spend a dollar on user acquisition. Not yet. This will change once we really perfect our behavior change funnel. Once we really perfect that and we know that the app can capture people and get them to change behavior, we will start doing paid advertising for sure. That's where the scale comes in. Hmm. And so that's why you asked 30,000 users or 1,000 raving fans are you happy with that? I would say I'm extremely happy with that because that will allow us perfect the formula and then launch it at scale. Yeah. Um, sounds, sounds very interesting and nice insights. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.